0: Father in heaven, we're just grateful for this opportunity we have to meet together. It's a wonderful camp meeting, Lord, and we're sure that according to your promise that you are here to meet with us. So please bless us, Lord. Give us wisdom and understanding in how we can do our part in mobilizing the laity and giving them resources and training and doing what we can to reach our own communities, Lord, that you have planted each one of us in. So bless us during this time with your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, uh, let me, (laughs) well, how about that, let's see, it'll come back, hey, how about that, anybody know what that is, by the way, any guesses on what that is, that's the church manual, how about that. That's the church manual. Have you ever seen what personal ministries is supposed to be in the church manual? Yeah, but it's... It'd probably be helpful if you have never seen it. <clears throat> I like to point out uh, that first paragraph. This is the most recent church manual, by the way, which made some changes. I'm not happy about all of them, but there's some good stuff in there. But that first paragraph has been tweaked a little bit, but it still has the main components. It's just two sentences. Personal ministries provides... Resources and trains members members to unite their efforts with those of the pastor and officers in soul winning service. It also has primary responsibility for programs assisting those in need. So there you have it. I like to say that you can really boil that down to two primary things that personal ministries does. Provides resources and provides training. So those are, you kind of think about what you do, you got to be thinking about that. But there's more to it than that, of course. But those are the key components. Um, I don't have the the. Uh, let me see. Somebody want to look up for me? I know that you'll do it for me. Look up for me the uh, work of the church board, will you? Work of the church board. Um, while she's doing that, I'm going to pass something out to you. It's a uh, it's a quiz. It's not really a quiz. But you guys, can you can you take one and just pass it around and you know, you can take one and pass back. Take one and pass back and then we'll collect whatever you have left. That's fine. I want you to browse this page oh, 128 Business Meetings 129 The Church Board. Okay, discipleship, members, officers, meetings, the work of the board. Okay, look at number six on the work of the church board. You see it at the top? Encourage the personal ministries department to do what? Enlist. What do you think of that word, Enlist. What do you think of when you think of enlist? Drafting, right? (laughs) Hey, look, have you ever felt like an army recruiter as personal ministries leader? I mean, doesn't that fit, you know? Oh, don't you want to do this? It's great. Come to battle with us, right? I mean, that's just about how it feels. But that's exactly what you and I are called to do. Enlist. What's the next word? All members. Is that an important word? Wow, that's incredible. Enlist all members and, whoa now, Children, in some form of, what's the next word? Personal. Personal. Let's say that word again. Personal. 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 Now, you would think that people would know that since the job is called personal ministries, that we would be trying to get people involved in personal outreach or missionary service. But do you know what often happens with personal ministries? We get people involved in corporate church events. We have them help at the fair booth and the cooking school and the evangelistic meeting. Have you ever thought about it? But the reality is we are encouraged to enlist all members and children in some form of personal outreach service. What does that word personal mean anyway? Individual it means that we're intended to try and help our people, our lay people, to do the kind of outreach that you do as someone who's investing in people personally. And sure, there's personal outreach service. that happens at our corporate events. I'm not saying there's nothing personal that happens there. But it's very clear that this is, goes beyond that. This is trying to help everyone to see themselves as a missionary. Themselves as having... A, a, a role in sharing the truth with others. And so, I just wanted you to see that. That is actually not in the personal ministry section. That's in the church board section. Because the church board is to make sure that the personal ministries department is working to get every member involved. That's a pretty... It makes you see how important it is. You don't see it saying uh, under the church board, encourage the deaconesses to make sure that everybody is on the communion bread rotation. You don't see it say, encourage the elders to make sure they visit every member. You don't see it say, encourage the men's ministries guy to make sure he has men's ministries brunches. But for some reason, the church board, they make a special point of saying the church board should make sure that the personal ministries department is enlisting every member of the church in active personal outreach service. It tells you the importance of personal ministries. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. As a pastor, I believe that I am leading personal ministries right by the side of my personal ministries leader. I don't necessarily lead every department. I don't have quite as much... uh, time and investment in every single department. But I do make sure that I have time and investment in the personal ministries department. And the reason is because it is the centerpiece of the mission of the church. You understand? I personally believe that there is an entire... uh, I'm, I'm pontificating a little now, forgive me. But I believe there's an entire... Uh, philosophy that is wrong in many places in the Adventist church that we're seeking to change, and I believe it's happening right at the very top. And that philosophy is, personal ministries is not one of many departments. It's not one of many auxiliary departments, so you have so many equals. Personal ministries is something that the highest... Uh, levels of administration should be deeply invested in personally. That's why you see, I'll give you an example, Elder Ted Wilson of the General Conference, a man I believe that God has raised up for that role and has been doing things that have been reformatory in in this area. If you look at the General Conference, they have many different departments and they have general vice presidents at the general conference. There are six general vice presidents, and they have their world division president, uh, vice presidents as well. All the division presidents are vice presidents of the general conference. But then they also have six general vice presidents. And they have all these different departments, and the general vice presidents chair these various departments. But guess who chairs the personal ministries and Sabbath school department? Ted Wilson does. Because he knows that that is how the church moves, okay? And that have you ever heard of total member involvement? Yeah. Yes. Okay, where do you think that's being driven from? Yeah, right from the General Conference president. That's who it's being driven from, who chairs that committee. He doesn't micromanage it. He works through his team, but he has an in, uh, invested interest in it. You understand what I'm saying? I want you to understand that I do not view you in your roles in personal ministries as just one of lots of different departments. I'm not telling you that you should feel like you're better than anyone else or anything like that, but I would be saying this if I was not in the position. Okay, I believe this. Because I believe that evangelism and personal ministries needs to be at the front of what the church is doing. I mean, read Acts of the Apostles, the very first couple of sentences in the Acts Acts of the Apostles says that the church was organized for service and its mission is to carry the gospel to the world. So the very reason that the church was organized is to carry out the outreach activities that you are seeking to resource your church with and to organize and that sort of thing. So the church was organized to evangelize. That's our purpose. And that's why personal ministries is so important. Do you feel important today? I hope you leave feeling important today. I hope you don't leave feeling, oh, what did I get myself into today? But, you know, it's too late for that. So, Uh -uh. buck up. Buck up. It's time to accept it. Okay. So, now you got this handout, everyone? Let me talk about it just a little bit. The top of it has the mission of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, This has been tweaked a little bit in the church manual, but it's not that different. I'm going to read it to you. This is actually from the 2010 version of the church manual. It says, Our mission, the mission of the Seventh-day Adventist church is to call all people to become disciples of Jesus Christ, to proclaim the everlasting gospel embraced by the three angels' messages, and to prepare the world for Christ's soon return. That's a pretty good mission, right? That mission should not just be the mission of the personal ministries department, but of every department of the church. Okay, Now, you understand that personal ministries in the church manual has a personal ministries council that has essentially already been laid out for it by what you read in the church manual. And if you look on here, I've put on here all the different individuals that are on the personal ministries council. Such as assistant personal ministries leader. Of course, the council is chaired by the personal ministries leader. And it includes any assistant personal ministries leaders, the personal ministry secretary, the pastor, an elder, or more than one elder, community service leader, interest coordinator, Bible school coordinator, health ministries leader, public relations, religious liberty, treasurer, Sabbath school superintendent, and other ministry leaders. Does this council sound like anything else you can think of? It sounds a lot like a church board, doesn't it? Somewhere along the line, they got confused. This is the only thing I can gather. Um, And it goes to show, this is what they're really saying is, that Personal Ministries is the role of the whole church. And so you see this element of so many different department leaders being involved in it. And it is, quite frankly, uh, close to the church board when you look at the Personal Ministries Council. For this reason, I am careful not not to try and Drive everything in personal ministries in a local church through the personal ministries council. You can meet monthly with the personal ministries council if it's not. A, you know, if you have a small church and so these people are lots of people that, you know, you may not have half these offices and, you know, you may have people wearing more than one hat. You may be only talking about six people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? OK, and that's fine. If that's the case, then no problem. But if you're in a larger church like a Grand Rapids or something like that, you may not have this group meeting monthly uh, in the same way to tackle all of the details of personal ministries. For those cases, I just want to tell you, having pastored a bit of a larger church, what I tried to do was have a smaller team that was more able to handle day-to-day kind of stuff, if you understand what I mean. So it might have been me as a pastor the If I had an associate pastor at the time, a Bible worker, they would all, of course, be on it. And then the personal ministries leader, anyone in the personal ministries department, like the secretary, assistant, and that would be the team. You might include your head elder if they desired to be on it. But that small team could handle a lot of the stuff that happens, and then personal ministries council could happen more periodically. It might be quarterly or whatever. Um, that's just... Because it seems odd to me to have your church board where you're driving a lot of personal ministries things, and then at the same time, your personal ministries council is meeting the same month, you know, every month, and the same people. And, you know, so the other thing that I would encourage you about with personal ministries is don't feel like you're necessarily the committee that plans all of the events. Um, Keep in mind that your focus is. Personal ministries. The church board should be doing far more to coordinate the events than just the personal ministries council. I would even say it this way. Let's say you have a health and temperance leader in your church. That person might have an assistant or somebody that helps them out with things, and they might be able to plan the cooking school and those types of things without having the personal ministries department have to plan all of the health events and all of you know the community service events and all of the before long personal ministries can just be planning events if you can do it if you have the personnel for it you can have those different departments basically plan their own events and when you come together to meet for personal ministries you're focusing on how to get the lay people active in personal ministry. What am I talking about? Well, let's make our way down this, shall we? What I've given you is what we call a department ministry plan. It's been tweaked over the years here. But uh, basically, this is how you do it. If I was a pastor and you were my personal ministries leader, I would give you this plan just like this. I would hand it just to you and I would say, um, let's work on... A personal ministries department plan for this next year and let's use this as our template you'll see it tells you how to develop your department ministry plan you see that little list number one hold a meeting with your personal ministries council or smaller team so that could be those people on this personal ministries council list or it could be that other smaller team if you're in a large church if you wanted to do it that way number two Review the key responsibilities of the department as provided below. And so you have down here, one, two, three, four key responsibilities with different subcategories. Do you see that? That's the key responsibilities that you'll review. Number three, create an action plan for each area of responsibility. So as you're looking through the different things that Personal Ministries does, you say, okay, well, how can we do that here? And in our church... And you begin to develop plans for how to do those various things. Okay, Then, number four, create a calendar of events and activities. And you'll see on the next page is a template for uh, a calendar of events and activities. And there's a sample as well, and I'll talk about that as we go along. Number five, create a personal ministry spotlight schedule. And I have a template for that on the next page. And there's a sample for that as well. And then six, schedule regular department meeting dates. Oh, man. Schedule regular meetings. That's awful. Now, let's be clear. You don't need to have meetings in the church. You really don't. If you're just planning on keeping the factory running. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I usually use the deacons as an example for this. Um, because the deacons, you try to tell them to have regular meetings, they're like, uh, pastor, we really don't need to have regular meetings. We already meet. We, well, when do you meet? Well, we just meet as, as needed. You know what as needed means, don't you? Never. Never. That's right. Never. Why do they not feel that they need to meet? The reason they feel they don't need to meet is because for their concept of what they are responsible for, which is putting together a schedule for offering and you know, communion schedule and deacon of the day schedule or whatever that particular church does, to do that, they don't need to meet. The head elder can put together the schedule. He passes it around. He gets it around. Hey, we're covered. We don't need to meet. The only reason you need to meet is if you're actually putting your heads together to think of how you can make this better. Amen. You understand? Yes. And if there's one thing I've learned from holding, a lot of, holding and sitting in a lot of meetings in my ministry days, both before I was a pastor, plenty of them, and after becoming a pastor and now working in the conference office, it's this. That just about every time I leave a meeting, I have more I have to do than when I came into the meeting. I've got now something I've got to do. People don't like meetings oftentimes because, yeah, they say it's boring and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, they don't really want to be challenged to go beyond where they currently are working. I'm telling you, if you want to have a strong personal ministries ministry in your church, you've got to periodically meet with people to put your heads together. You've got to do that to stay organized. You've got to do that to stay motivated. You've got to do that to uh, keep in front of you what Is coming next and to make sure you keep the ball rolling. If you don't do it, you'll get into cruise control, which ends up being, you know, same old, same old dead church. Yes. And if there's one thing the personal ministries department cannot be, it's dead. The personal ministries department is the very fuel of the missionary spirit of the church. You say, oh, it's so hard, Pastor. I stand up, and I tell them about the good things we're doing, and some of them, they're looking at me with their eyelids, and others, they're looking angry, and I just just don't know if I can do it anymore. Let me tell you something. God has called you. He's called you to a ministry that requires a special level of strength and a special connection with God. And I'm not just saying that. I'm, I'm dead serious when I communicate that to you. Ellen White, if you want to read an encouraging chapter on this, Ministry of Healing. The last chapter of Ministry of Healing is, uh, I think it's the last, last or second to last. It's called, uh, I think, Development and Service. And the first, it's got one little opening paragraph, and then the first section in there is called Force of Character. Force of Character. And you read it, and it's incredible. She talks about how God is looking for those who are more than mere weaklings in His cause. Those who can uh, stir up the saints and, and, and encourage those who are discouraged. And God is looking for people who are going to keep their courage even when the church seems to be languishing. If the personal ministries department is dead, the church is dead. So brothers and sisters, you can do it. By the grace of God, one person who seeks to, the blessing of God in and, and, and going to work for others and seeking to plan that work can start a revival in the church. We're told that by inspiration. So... That's my encouragement to you. Now, so that's pretty easy, right? Those things? No problem. You can do that. Let's look for a minute at the responsibilities. What I want to start with is just overview. Let's just read through them. And then I'm going to ask you a question. Actually, I'll have you think about the question while we're going through it. You know, I'm going to be here for two days. You uh, can choose to be here both days. I would love it if you did. Uh, or you could go hear something you know more entertaining tomorrow, but either way, I would like to know what in your churches and in in your ministries that we are about to go through that you feel you would like most to talk about because i can we 're going to go through all of it to some degree or another, but I kind of like to know where is your real... Boy, I really would like us to spend a little time on that. Okay? So we're going to read through it now. The number one responsibility is promote what? Total member involvement. Hey, we're part of the world church, aren't we? And this is the role of the personal ministry department. So we need to promote it. How? A. Provide literature and other witnessing resources. I'll talk about that. B. Operate a Bible school or other Bible study ministry. Hey, that's a good idea. Three, or C, I should say. Coordinate weekly personal ministry spotlight. And you might have a different name for it, but you know what I'm talking about. A little spot, five or minutes or so, right? usually right before the worship service, but it can happen in various places. D, organize regular group outreach by members. Okay, that's promoting total member involvement. There may be other things in there, but those are key categories. Two, provide training and mentoring. How can we do that? A, conduct training classes in various lines of service. You may do the training or you may coordinate the training and have somebody else do the training, but you make sure that training happens. B, coordinate new member discipleship ministry. C, coordinate opportunities for inexperienced members to accompany experienced members on outreach activities. Okay. When you're talking about training and mentoring, one of the best ways to do that is to help connect members with those who have done visitation, done Bible studies, done things that they've not done so that they can gain some experience. And then D, promote conference training events and training schools. So that's training and mentoring. Number three, track interests and member involvement. A, Organize interests in a database or other system. B, ensure that every interest is promptly followed up. By the way, this is uh, the work of the church board too. The church board is involved in this piece too. But uh, they make sure that we do it. And and of course, if you have an interest coordinator and you're a personal ministries leader, then you're going to work through your interest coordinator to make sure they do it. C. Regularly evaluate interest in worker lists. Ooh, this one we need to talk about. D. Give status updates on key interest to the church board. You know, the church board is to evaluate the interest from time to time. And E. Set and track goals for key outreach activities. I'll talk about some of that and how you can do that. And lastly, number four, develop budgets. This is the part you're most excited about. A, present a personal ministries budget to the church board. You say, why do I need to do that? I'll tell you why you need to do that, because you need money. That's why you need to do that. And your problem is, you just never gave them a budget. You just kind of thought, oh, we don't get any money. Well, give them a budget and tell them this is what we would like to do and present it and make sure it's clear and make sure it's... uh, has good reason behind it and you might find that your pastor and your church board just might get behind it. And I'll talk to you a little about what really there's two primary components, but what components you might have in your personal ministry budget. And then B, present public evangelistic meeting budget to the church board. Let me say something about this. I mentioned that if you have a health ministries department, you may not as personal ministries necessarily do all the planning for the health ministries events but what department is there to plan the public evangelistic meetings that's us really you see what i'm saying so basically if there's a if there's a corporate type of thing that doesn't fit into another department a corporate outreach type of thing that doesn't fit into another department then we would take responsibility for organizing that and getting into the details do you follow what i'm saying so another one might be like a fair booth You know, we don't have a specific department unless the health ministries department was doing their own. You know what I'm saying? But but we try to limit the number of corporate things we do because we want to make sure that we're not losing sight of personal ministries. But we do take those responsibilities when there's no other department that clearly uh, would do that. In some churches, the board of elders might organize the evangelistic meetings. But as a general rule, that ends up falling to Personal ministries in concert with the pastor. And uh, so you may be involved in that kind of budget. Even if you uh, have not been, I'd kind of like you to see a little of what it looks like so you understand it. I want you to be an incredible resource to your pastor and your church. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want you to just be in a corner somewhere. I want you to be invaluable to your church board and to your pastor. Because that's the way it should be. Yes. If each of your ministries within the church are receiving b- a budget, yeah, why does the personal ministries council a budget? Well, tell me one of the ministries. Give me an example. Women's ministries. Uh huh. Or community services, or uh huh. PBS. Any of them. Uh huh. Because okay, I'm going to give myself away here. I hope these are usable. I'm just going to give you real quickly the two areas that I believe you need a budget for. And it falls under none of that. Okay, But it, there may be more than two areas. But Nope. One. And when I was in a church, I had a budget of about $3,000 for that. So you're not talking about if we're going to do this right, so, yeah. But not textbook Nope. Nope. Books no. through the library, or the lending library. This is number one on here, so I can probably already talk about it. Let me talk. Can I talk to you a little about literature? Yes, yes Okay. Um, this, to me, is one of the glaring problems in Our church's personal ministries departments is that we don't put proper emphasis on literature. Let me, boy, these are not good. Should I do this chalkboard? Let me just, there's some chalk here. (laughs) Get ready for the, (laughs) this is new chalk. Oh, all right. Oh, there we go. Talk to us. Okay. So here's here's the problem. And I'm just gonna tell you what a typical thing is. I just went, I'll give you an example outside of our conference. <laughs> it's always safer to do that. So I was asked to go do a little training on discipleship for a uh, uh, Lake Region church. Okay. I won't tell you which one, but it was in the Chicago area. <laughs> and I said, okay. I'm happy to do it. And I went there and I walked in the church. And to the left, they had a, a wall, and they had a little uh display. Uh, it wasn't really a rack, but kind of a, a wall rack, you know. And it had little things promoting uh a couple of events or something, and uh I think it had a mission 360 magazine and a couple other little things um this is very typical if you go into a church oftentimes what you'll find are adventist periodicals so you're talking about adventist review adventist world lake union herald uh mission 360 frontier magazine uh ADRA, catalog, uh, you know, you name it. You've got, they're all in there or some mixture. The problem with that is it communicates that we are serving our members and it does not in any way communicate that we, are try- we have a message that's incredible that we're trying to get out. It doesn't only communicate that to Visitors. It communicates that to our members. Let me ask you a question. We looked at it a moment ago on here. What were the two primary things that we looked at? Resources. Okay, two things. What were they? Training. Resources and training. I mean, right in the church manual. And I'm going to spend ten minutes finding it. It's because I want you to see it again. Just to prove it. Okay. Whoops. 97, 98, 99, there it comes. Personal Ministries. Personal Ministries provides resources resources and trains members to do what? Outreach. To unite their efforts in soul winning... Service. So what kind of resources do you use in soul-winning service? Okay, (laughs) you use all kinds of message literature, right? So, it's a a 100 or 101... 100. Yeah. So, So, when you're talking about literature, what kind of things? Well, I'll tell you that, you know, and I did, they, in their defense, around the corner, they had a little glow thing and they had about four uh, different glow tracks and, and about, just to be clear, about five empty slots. Okay, I'll talk about that too. But anyway, so a really easy one is glow, right? Why is it easy? Because it's easy for people to distribute. It's small and it's inexpensive. Okay, uh, how much does glow cost? Anybody want to tell me? Okay, so you're at about a nickel for a glow, right? Now, if you buy a Bible study offer glow, how much is that? Three cents. Okay, so you have GLOW. I'll tell you what else I like personally. I like what are called pocketbooks. You can get them through Amazing Facts. You can get them through uh, what's Steve Wahlberg's? Whitehorse Media. He's got some really good ones. Um, and different ones are coming out with them all the time. Now they see that size as a common size, and you'll see others besides just Amazing Facts putting them out now, but Amazing Facts has tons of them. Now when I say tons, I mean like over a 100 titles. 100 to 150 titles. Okay? So you're not going to put out 100 to 150 titles. So what do you do? I'll tell you what I did as a pastor, and I found it was a real blessing, was I used... Um, I was very intentional about the topics that I got, and I made sure that I covered all the fundamental beliefs. And let me just say, not just the fundamental beliefs, but the uh, areas where people need to make decisions for baptism. So I'm talking about practical areas too, like alcohol, alcohol, and, uh, you know, unclean foods and Christian dress and all those things. I put all those pocketbooks out there. And, and you know what I did? I had a, a uh, rack. I'll even tell you where I got it because it's still the best rack that I know of out there, although I'd like to get one made ourselves at some point. It's not an Adventist, um, but it's really hard to find a rack for pocketbooks. Amazing Facts used to have one. It was called Tree of Life. But the Tree of Life had a place for like six pocketbooks and then you had a couple places for full size books and a couple, you know, I want a bunch of pocketbooks. That's how I. And so John Macon's Promotions, it's uh, Macon's Promotions dot com, I believe. Somebody can check on their phone. It's either Macon's Promotions or Macon Promotions. I think it, I can't remember. Check somebody check online for me. M A C O N. Let's go. Let's go take a look, shall we? We. We've got the internet here. Promotions. Let me see if that's it. If it's making or making. Yeah, that's it right there. You see it? Okay, so you see that rack? That is an 18 pocket rack, but they also sell. Where is it? You got one? Joyce got one. Okay. So somewhere on here, there it is. A 32 pocket rack. I get the 32 pocket rack because uh, I need, needed more titles. I didn't necessarily need 32, but I needed more than 18 to get where I was trying to get. But you can get 18 if you want, whatever. But the idea is, you see how it's just this clear plastic? Well, what do you think happens when somebody takes the last of one of these out? You don't know which one it was. And so what happens? Somebody, you don't know who, but somebody takes something and they put it in there. And before long, you got this hodgepodge of... Whatever. Even if they're pocketbooks that are nice, but they might not. See, I'm intentional about making sure I've got one on the rapture up there so that when I'm talking to that person in the foyer, I can give them one. Or when I when I you know, I want to make sure that every topic or keep in mind, this is not just for guests. This is for your members to give to people that they're talking to. So if they are talking to someone about death, you better hope there's one on death up here so they can take it to their work and give it to them. You're resourcing them. So what I did was I took those removable labels, you know, just like a like a uh, address, removable address label, and I printed out, you know, I just a word document with all those labels, and I printed out all the titles to the ones that I bought, and I put them right there on the clear plastic, so that once that last one is gone, it says what's supposed to go there. You follow what I'm saying? And that way. You always know you're going to have in there, and then you have to communicate to the powers that be. And every once in a while, you, as personal ministries leader, may go through and clean it up and make sure that people haven't, you know, messed that up. But that's what I do uh, with pocketbooks, is I use a rack like that. I'm sure there's other things you can use, but that's helped, that's worked for me. Yes? Have a list of the title use. But... <laughs> that's a real <laughs> that's right. You know, I, I go into so much detail, and people always want more detail. <laughs> I find that. It's a, it's a cycle. It's a never- I do. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Let me see. Why don't you do this for me? I will uh, see if I can come up with that tonight. It's on my computer somewhere. And, uh, and then I will show you tomorrow, or maybe I can get it printed off and make a copy of it or something like that. It'll just be something to go by, okay? You don't have to follow it exactly, but it'll give you an idea. Okay, so that's pocketbooks. You know what else I put in my literature? Yes, I put um, what I would call um, the conflict series. you guys know what I mean by that? Okay, now you can buy... Uh, from they're called ASI version of these, and you buy them in a box of forty, and they're two dollars or less. I mean, they're not; they're very inexpensive. And now your members have a great great controversy they can share with someone, or a desire of ages they can share with someone. Now the nice thing is, oh, I don't have it with me. But have you seen the uh, publishing department's great controversy they just did? Very nice. They did it with very thin paper. Um, and it's only about that thick. It's just really well done. It's light. It's it's just really nice. And they're working on it for, I think they're going to get to the whole series, Um, but it's the one that's with the uh, Advent Herald's DVD. If you go into the ABC, right there on the left, they've got a whole display of, what's that called again? Let Freedom Ring. And they've got it packaged so that the Great Controversy is on one one side and Let Freedom Ring is on the other side. So you can take a look at that great controversy. Once, If he continues to do that, I would use that set. And you'll see it has a little number five on it, which tells me he's planning on doing all of them. But it just might be a little bit. But in the meantime, the ASI version for $2 or less, uh, you can get through the ABC and order those. I would, I would encourage you to do it. I also do Steps to Christ. And in that ASI series, they also have like uh, Bible readings. They also have uh, Ministry of Healing. So, you know, it's, they've got that, good books in that series. I also like, in terms of books, um, this was one of my favorites. When God said... Remember? Anybody know what that is? It's a Mark Finley. It's Mark Finley... Um, it used to be under the title um, "The Almost Forgotten Day," Mark Finley, and he lost his or he gave away his rights, and it took a long time. And finally, once that ended, he re- had it redone under "When God Said Remember." And you can get a box of a hundred or something for like a buck twenty-nine a piece. It's they're really nice, but they're a substantial little book for on the Sabbath that you can your members can give out, so they're not just having to give out a little tract on the Sabbath or even a pocketbook. They can give out something that's got some real solid stuff uh, to friends, and acquaintances, or what have you. Okay, good question. I should put some dollar figures here. I'm not positive on some of these. I'm going to be within some sort of margin here, but these are right around a dollar, okay? They're going to be maybe 90 cents, uh, something like that. If you buy more, sometimes you get a little bit of a discount, but it'll be, I like to think of it as just a dollar, okay? Because it's, it's going to round up to that. These are going to be somewhere in the ballpark of $2. There might be some that are two forty, dollars some that are $1.80. I don't know exactly. These Steps to Christ, you can get these for maybe $0.60 cents or $0.50 cents or something like that. And then when God said, remember, if you buy enough of them, they're like $1.29. I saw your hand. Yeah, when I was at ABC a while back, I was trying to get some extra books on those. On yep. And they would talk and they, and they wanted um, very... And he was telling about a variety of different books they have on Sabbath because when we're doing Bible study offer, yeah. and they want to know more about the Sabbath. Yes. There's one about, you know, the bridge across time or something. Yeah. It's a story. Yeah. And it's yeah. about something about Sam Brown or something. Yep. Yeah. Like some <laughs> Those are old. some people. Yes, they're very good. They're very good. There are some good ones out there on the Sabbath. But you're right, you bring up a good point. When you're doing Bible com, there's a review card that the person doing the studies fills out and there's a place on there to say, uh, would you like more information on this topic? We ran into it when we were doing the... Uh, Sonia does all of the correspondence studies with people around the country who don't have a church near them. And we've had some of those who have asked for more information on the Sabbath. We go get a When God Said Remember from the ABC and we send that to them. Um, so you're going to need resources for people who want more information. By the way, for Unlock Revelation, um, we are encouraging our pastors to try something. They don't have to, and your pastor may or may not, but I'd like to try it. We're Instead of having um, decision cards for like five different topics, we're having a response card every night. And it basically every night we'll say, I'd like more information on this topic. Uh, I, here's my questions or comments. Uh, the topic was presented... Uh, clearly from the Bible, yes or no, and write your comments below. So it gives them a chance to just write a little bit about it instead of just night five for the first time giving them a decision card and they're like, what's this, or whatever. It's just something they get in the habit to right from the start. Um, And then it also gives a couple places on the top where you can just check a box. There's nothing next to it. It just says number one with the box. And the speaker at the end will have a statement up on their slide, an appeal slide, And it'll have a statement, and it'll say response number one. And they will say, if this is your desire, then mark box number one on your card. So that way you're using one generic card every night, but they can have a different decision slide at the end of their presentation every night. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? But on every card, it says, I would like more information on this topic. So what are you going to do if they check it? Well, you need resources to give them on the topic, right? Not just whatever. Okay, so those are a few book ideas. Um, Something else that I put in my uh, arsenal of resources is a DVD prophecy series. Now, if you're doing BibleStudyOffer.com, then you have the Landmarks of Prophecy, right? And you can use that. um, but I like to make these available to the members. Um, I would put like a, you know, I had this done in a couple churches where we had a big rack with posts on it, and they would hang on bags the DVDs like that. You understand what I'm saying? And then the members didn't have to take a whole set. We just duplicate them as we needed them and they would take number one or number two and they would have like two presentations per DVD and they would just take what they need and then they could share it wherever they went. So I didn't hide it in some back corner. And let me just get on a soapbox here for a second. You're, when you're going to do a literature ministry and you're going to provide resources to your members, you can't hide them in a back room. I put them out in a very visible place that people go by, that reminds them on a regular basis, whether it's visitors or members. I want them to see it. And even then, after a while, they just walk right by. So then you have to, up front, in your personal ministry spotlights, you have to highlight some of your pieces of literature sometimes to remind them that it's available and how good it is, etc. So um, so you'll go to your board and you'll you know talk to them about a literature budget. And when you do... You might find that um, they're open to it, but they don't want to make an eyesore in the beautiful foyer. You know, it's so beautiful out there. (laughs) So they don't want, you know, you get in this big argument because they're not thinking of soul winning. They're just thinking of ambiance. Okay, look. I understand you you try to make it look good, okay? You should do what you can to to present it nicely. I mean, I've had some good craftsmen who have made some beautiful wooden uh, you know, pieces that we've used for our literature and what have you. But anyway, you cut it. Literature is going to be different sizes and colors and whatever, and that's just the way it's going to be, and that's what we're about. Yes. So, you know, we've got to make that a priority, and I would encourage you and if they say, you know, where are you getting this crazy idea? Say the personal ministry director <laughs> told me that we were supposed to put it somewhere that was visible, not somewhere in a back corner. And then they can call our office, and that's just fine. It so church, it's, all- it's all in a cabinet somewhere. Yeah. Nobody knows it's there. Drives me crazy. And you know who's going to find it? The next pastor, and he's going to clean it. What's all this? You know, and you pull it down. And it's some, you know, it's yellowed. It's, you know, from. And we, you can go in some of our churches, and we've got literature stacks of literature from 1978. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And do you know? Here's the problem with that. I'll tell you the problem. Literature is always uh, replaced. You don't want to use version one if version, shiny version three is out, right? I mean, we try. Oh, we're brave, and some people just don't like throwing things away, so they give these old, crusty pieces of literature. I mean, granted, the content is valuable, etc., but it looks dated. The people are wearing clothes that you're wondering where those came from. I mean, seriously, we should be doing things, yeah, pitch them, get good literature, and then stay on top of it. Don't be those people who waste inventory and put it in the back corner and do all that stuff. So, when we go, like Bible study offer, I mean, we're talking about a significant amount of inventory that we have for Bible study offer, but it moves. And I try to be careful that we're not going to have any more than you know six months to a year worth of inventory on anything. Because I don't want to have ten years of inventory on something. Because by ten years, it will be obsolete, and we'll be losing lots of money, and what have you. So you have to think about it. You don't want to overdo it. But you, uh, but you should use, you know, the best stuff. And then the last thing I would put on here is Bible studies. So you need to have a real accessible place for your members to get Bible study guides. You can have all of this in your personal ministries resource center. That you create in your church. I like what Pastor Cameron DeVazier did. He did this in Muskegon and he just did it again in Kalamazoo. He built like a a counter, like a kitchen counter desk type thing with cabinetry and everything and cabinets behind. And they have, it's a resource desk. And they have somebody who's there on Sabbath morning in the foyer behind this resource desk who provides for people. They have some things that are out, some things that are up here, but there's somebody there who's actually servicing people. I mean, it's like a, it's a focal point. You understand what I'm saying? And it's beautiful, but it's a focal point. Are you in Kalamazoo? Or in Muske- Muskegon? Muskegon, yes. Thank you. So anyway, you get the idea why you need a budget. <laughs> right? Now, there's something else to your budget besides literature. Uh, yes. No, yes, you're right. But I'm going to put it... There's, you have different budgets. You have an advertising budget that goes in the uh, evangelism category, which is your evangelistic meeting budget. But you have other advertising that you sometimes do as well. Um, health ministries will have their own advertising budget. so why does personal ministries need a budget? Well, primarily for your Bible school. Who runs the Bible School? What department? Personal ministries. Is there money involved in running the Bible school? Okay, you got to do mailings, right? Other advertising, you've got to buy resources for the members. You've got to buy t-shirts like these three well-clad okay, individuals. Uh, what's that? Are you talking about vacation Bible school? No, I'm Bible talking study? about Bible study. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, we could simply say BibleStudyOffer.com, but there may come a day where it's something different or whatever. There's, the idea is every church should have a Bible study ministry, and that ministry will include resources and p- supplies for that and advertising for it. So you might have literature oh, I put it up here you might have literature might be, you know, 2,000 dollars. in Bible school it might be1,500 dollars. You might have if you're in a large church, you might have literature that's 3,000. in Bible school that's two or 3,000. In other words, your personal ministries budget might be about uh, two-thirds of what an evangelism budget is. Are you buying in? Do you believe me? Yes. Or are you like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, no, There's no way. It comes to I don't really... Let's stop for a moment and just let me ask it a different way. Regardless of what you think anyone else might think about it in your church or the church board or whatever, do you see why we need it? Yes. I mean, we are the ones who have to sell it and promote it and help people understand why this is at the heart of the mission of the church. And let me remind you of something else. I'm going to be really running out of time. Ellen White says that if you could take our extensive efforts, like our big events that we do and evangelistic meetings and things like that, and personal, individual ministry... And you could take both of them and make a determination of which was more important. She says, let it be the personal labor. The individual labor is what she actually says. The individual labor of ministering in households and sharing the Bible and what have you. So let me ask you, if the most important work of the church is what the individual members of the church are doing in personal ministry... Should we not reflect that financially in our church? We have got to come to grips with the fact that, you know, I've never seen Ford Motor Company, you know, they may get upset that they're buying, you know, too many soft drinks for their employees, or they may get upset that they're buying too many perks for their salesmen, or whatever. But I don't think they get upset about buying too many car doors to put on their cars or buying too many tires to put on their cars. I mean, they make cars. That's what they do. We win souls. That's what we do. Our our widgets are literature and Bible studies and getting the word out, right? So if there's anything we should feel is a priority when it comes to our spending, it's personal ministries. And you need to be convicted of that so that you can share it uh, with your board in a loving way so that they don't come back to me and say, boy, what did you create at that personal ministries training thing you did? Okay, so did that answer the literature question? You got a little better idea? Um, Tell me what else on here is like, if you said, I really want to talk about that. Um, I'm going to... Touch on each, but is there anything specifically? What's the tracking interests? Number three. Okay, we're going to talk about tracking interests. Yes. Well, this wasn't specifically on there, but I guess my biggest concern i think about right now is motivating people for this kind of thing. Because in our church, it's like if we're doing game night, everybody's there, and they think that soda pop is in the, should be in the budget, Oof. and you know, snacks should be in the budget, and but like if you go out for Door to door stop, I mean, it was me and my children and two other people. I mean, yeah. It's just nothing that they have interest in. It's not just going door to door in general. Like, yeah. It's just mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. self oriented, like, me. Mm-hmm. not like Jesus, yes. I came be bless. I'm not going to be blessed. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Motivation is what I'm mostly concerned about. Mm-hmm. Everyone's involved. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Not everyone wants to be involved. Yes. Mm-hmm. I never could have guessed that that would be an issue. (laughs) What we need really here is we need one meeting for personal ministries leaders to get trained and that's right. And then one counseling session where we can vent and just, you know, right? Look, let me just uh, express to you my sympathies. But also tell you, you know, before I was a pastor, I was a layperson for a number of years, and I was a personal ministries leader. And um, I know all about the frustrations of why, trying to figure out the right method. You know, there's the whip, right? And there's the smile, and, the and there's the begging. There's multiple. N- Methods, um, begging probably works the best. No, I'm just kidding. One thing I do know is that is that the whip doesn't work very well. I, uh, you know, you know, you. This is a typical personal ministries A lot. Okay, you you mentioned your situation. Um, you plan a big training event. You're going to do it on Sabbath afternoon. Maybe you're going to train and then go out and do something. You tell everyone, everyone's invited. We've got something for everyone. We're going to tell you how to do it. It's, you know, it's going to be great. And uh, the day comes where you actually have it so the Sabbath arrives. You remind them during your personal ministry's time. You make sure there's a potluck so that they don't have a reason. to you know they leave, you never get them back. And you look out, you know, at potluck and you say to yourself, praise the Lord. Look at all these people who stayed for outreach. (laughs) And about five minutes before potluck is over, you say, hey, just want to let everybody know, make sure you wrap up because in five minutes we're going to get started in the sanctuary with our training. And suddenly the plates start getting picked up. And people are shuffling around. They're giving hugs to each other. And they're flying out the door. And you go into the sanctuary and you're waiting and you see them, but they're like walking by the sanctuary door. And you see a few trickle in and you've got seven people. And those seven people all land there. And three of them you're not so sure you want going out. But that's what you've got and you're going to work with what you've got, right? Does that sound familiar? <laughs> So then the next Sabbath, you stand up and you say, I just want to uh, let everyone know that, you know, things went well uh, for those who did come out last week. Uh, It would have been nice to have had a few more, but for those who did come out, uh, the Lord really blessed us. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. So there's the passive-aggressive personal ministries leader. Um, the one thing that you have to do, and I just can't overemphasize this, you have to keep your own heart right with God. Amen. Because the, what you're trying to do is win people. And it's real easy to get self uh, pitying and start lashing at people or scolding people or ignoring people or getting upset at people or whatever, instead of remembering that these are people who they're not where you're at. And you've got to win them. Just like, just like you have to win a soul who's never given their life to Christ, you've got to win these church members. You've got to win them into helping you. Hey, we missed you this past Sabbath. I know you can do it. You would be awesome at this. You've got to come out. And you be friendly. you be winsome. And if there's anything that I can, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have to tell this to the personal ministries leaders, but I'm going to say it anyway. The best method is personal ministry. Not the announcement from the front. So, you want people to come? You start mingling. Mingling (laughs) You talk to them. And I know that's hard because they're... Oh, she's coming. (laughs) They're like... Oh, yeah, I'm coming. (laughs) Don't leave yet. I wanted to touch base with you before you leave, right? Oh, you um, but that's okay. That's okay because people are people, and 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 they're they're fighting. The devil is fighting, and you're trying to win them. And sometimes that takes a little moxie, a little bit of courage, a little bit of laying yourself aside, and then you get on your knees and hear the words of your Savior, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. God has called you to a difficult work. It's not an easy work. Nothing I say to you today is going to make it an easy work. That's why I said what I did in the beginning. I wish that I had a magic bullet, but I haven't found it. But I can tell you that the best I've found is to be winsome, not uh, retaliatory, and to try as much as you can to do it personally. And if you can be a soul winner with people outside the church, then consider yourself a soul winner trying to win people to winning souls. (laughs) And uh, I wish I had a better answer for you, but praise the Lord. He'll help you. All right. All right. Let me uh, talk about a couple things and what I think I'll do is um, tomorrow I'm definitely going to spend a little bit of time on BibleStudyOffer.com. Not a lot of time, but I want to make sure that all of you especially understand what's happening, how it works, and that we talk about some of the common obstacles I've been hearing about and how to address them and that sort of thing. Are you okay with talking a little bit about that? That. You see, what's happened with BibleStudyOffer.com, without everybody even knowing it, is we have brought Bible work into a whole bunch of churches that never did Bible work before. They really didn't know what was involved. And they're calling and saying, Pastor, it just seems like we go there and the people all of a sudden aren't very interested. And I say, welcome to soul winning. Okay. They say, Pastor, we're not going to do a mailing because we would be overwhelmed if we did a mailing. Uh, You know, we can barely keep up with, you know, a few people or whatever. To which I say, you know, they've not done this a lot, but okay, you send a mailing out. Let's say you get 25 people who sign up within a month that 25 will probably be down to about 10. So you might feel like 25 is overwhelming, but you've got to get 25 if you want to get some. It's a percentage thing soul winning is. We're trying to find those who are wistfully looking toward heaven, but there's a lot of people out there who are just kind of curious. We can't assume that every interest we have is going to go all the way. We've got to assume that a percentage of what we get. So if you want to get a few, you've got to get a lot. You understand? This is part of the process. Don't be discouraged by it. This is how it works. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the obstacles and how to get there with the Bible school tomorrow. Um, personal Ministries uh, Spotlight. I'll, I'll just touch on that tomorrow. Tomorrow because I want to make sure you know the types of things you can do for Personal Ministry Spotlight. Um, I probably won't do anything with the group outreach unless you want to say something about it. Um, Anybody here not have a discipleship handbook? Anybody here who does not have a discipleship handbook? No, no, no. no. I just mean period, like you don't have one at all? Okay, I'm going to give you one. Um, Anybody here not have a Fundamentals of Faith booklet? You know what I'm talking about? It's a little green booklet. Okay, hold on a second. It looks... Where is it? Oh, there they are. It looks like this. You seen it? No? Okay. Well, it's a little... This is a pack of ten. Okay, so it's just a... Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Was that the book that went with the? No. Okay. No. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about this tomorrow as well, and make sure that any one of you who doesn't have one has one. Okay, um, this is what we're trying to uh, help fill the gap for for preparing people for baptism. It can be used for different things, but it's especially helpful for and and now pastor doesn't have to be the only person who can prepare someone for baptism. They're obviously gonna ultimately have a you know time with the candidate. But lay people can help do the heavy lifting and really prepare for baptism with this. And I want you to see it because it's an important part of the process. So I'm gonna make sure that we talk just a little bit about discipleship and what comes before discipleship, which is baptismal preparation. So both of those I'm gonna touch on. Uh, tomorrow, um, and then you asked about interest tracking. I want to tell you about a new interest tracking software that oh, yes. that uh, we're working on. Um, it's not done, but I'm going to tell you about it. And yeah, those are the key things that I'll talk about. Um, and then I'll show you the evangelistic meeting budget, just so that you have an idea of that. Um, and then anything else that obviously pops up that's really hot we can talk about. But I can, t- I can tackle those few things tomorrow with no problem. So, okay, thanks. You guys are a special group. I want you to know that. And my prayers are with you. And I know that the Lord is helping you. And He's got a special calling for you. Let's ask Him to, to bless you as we continue this and as you continue your camp meeting. Father in Heaven, thank You so much for this time we've had together. We ask Your blessing on every one of our churches. We are praying not only for our communities, Lord, but truth be told, You didn't tell us primarily to pray for our community, but to pray for laborers to send out into our community. And that's, Lord, what we need help with. Please help us to know how to see a revival and reformation in our churches, to mobilize our church members so that they'll be active in Your cause, so that we'll move from addition to multiplication and help to finish the work and usher in the coming of Jesus. Bless each person here uh, with their personal work that they have, both in their personal ministry and in the leadership of personal ministry in their churches. And bless their camp meeting experience too. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org